0: playing 18
1: to a full 60 early leads to buzzer beaters it all starts by getting on the board welcome inside a very special episode of on the board i'm colby mckee across the glass mr lance doll hello hello there sir happy Whatever day people are listening, uh, yeah, Thursday, it, Friday.
2: That's the beauty of podcast, Monday, whatever, never. Uh, how many? How many episodes have we done? Like sixty-six. I think or we're something? on
1: sixty-eight. Okay, sixty-eight, and I still haven't figured out an intro, so that's good. Yarimir Yager, <laughs> hey, <laughs> There's another number. Nice. We'll continue that trend as we get towards hundred. Also on the line, Mr. Corey Pekoskis. Hello, how's it going, sir? I'm out here in Campbell
3: River still. You are. How's things out yeah. in the river? It's sunny. Oh, the good. weather's turning. The weather is starting to feel like spring. So that's that is beautiful. That is beautiful. Thanks,
1: Ollie. Uh, also on the line, a very <laughs> special guest. Let's call him a friend of the podcast. He's he's been a mm-hmm. friend since day mm-hmm. one. Uh goaltending coach for your medicine at Tigers. Matt Wong joins the podcast once again. Matt, how's it going, sir?
0: All is good. Thanks for having me, guys. Am I the first three time guest of the show tonight, the hat trick?
1: I think you were the first two-time guest. You the were the show, first two. So that would make you the first. I don't think there's even been a second one. So <laughs> you earned the the hat trick, my friend. All right, congrats. Uh, congratulations. Uh lots to talk about with you, Maddie. Uh, we'll start things off. I guess we'll go with a, a generic look at the Tigers team so far uh, through 12 games. You know, nine and three, and the the last two weekend series have gone especially well. For the Tigers, and more specifically, uh, your goaltenders that you look at every single day in Garin Bjorklund and uh, our boy Beckett oh, yeah. Lankow. we've oh, been yeah. stands since day one. You know that. Um, give us a you know an overview of, of what you've seen in your two goaltenders and the entire Tigers team in general.
0: Well, I think it's been a good start for the guys. I mean, I guess it's more than a start. Now we're over halfway through. It's sitting at nine three zero one one. But uh, you know, we have we have a really good group of players, good group of kids. I think. Similar to like kind of a staple of Willie's teams, I think. We play fast, relentless, entertaining hockey. Um, You know, the young guys look really good. And and the older guys have have done a good job of, you know, providing that leadership and kind of showing the younger guys the way. Um, You know, guys like his Camp Lucas, uh, Hops looks really good. Cowboy has found this inner Bobby Orr in him early in the year. Um, you know, some of the new guys in and Weisblatt, and Strom look really good too. So uh, I think we have a lot to, uh, I think the, the, the present is good and, and definitely the future is bright. Um, as far as the goalies go, I think, I think so far they've done a pretty good job. You know, Bjork's kind of settling into to his new role. And, you know, I think it's, it's a good year for him to learn that role. He gives us a chance to win every night. Uh, you know, just looking at the games, I think I, from a goalie's point of view, I think the games do lack the structure that I think they would normally have, especially at this time of year, kind of leading up to playoffs, so those kind of games sometimes aren't the most goalie-friendly, but he's, uh, you know, I think he's handled it well, and and like you guys alluded to with Beckett, I, I like Beckett a lot. His first two games were excellent. Um, you know, I love his demeanor. His demeanor is similar to, to guys that I've had in the past, and and. Same thing with York. It's a good year for him to, to learn and get his feet wet because the league can be awfully tough for young guys. So, um, But he's, he's getting better all the time, too.
2: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to like in both of those goaltenders, and I'm sure considering the uh, head of the, what, Beckett-Lankow fan bus that we are, I'm sure we'll dive into Beckett in a second. Uh, but, Matt, what's the one thing, the most, that has surprised you about Garen Bjorkland so far this year?
0: Um. Honestly, I, I, nothing really, really surprised me with him. I think he, he had a good off-season as long as it was. Um, he came in in tremendous shape, totally ready to, to take over the job, take over the number one role. Um, I guess I, I wouldn't say that I was surprised by it, but you can definitely see a new level of maturity in him and the level of maturity that the role that he's in definitely needs. So it's good that he, he's embraced that, and he's been a good teammate to Beckett too. So uh, no real
3: happy with York so far. All right, got to dive right into it. Here. <laughs> Our boy Beckett Lankow. Um, you just talked about him and how he's been this year. I mean, like, that, that second goaltending spot for this season had so much uncertainty coming in from the offseason. I mean, is Mads going to be back? Is this going to be, you know, is Evan Fredek going to be coming in because we co- acquired him last year? And then all of a sudden, you know, the Tigers fans see this undrafted guy they've never heard of all of a sudden taking over games. Like, you know, what have you seen in his game that's r- made him earn that second spot?
0: You know i think I think Beckett's a great story, like you guys just said, like undrafted um, you know free agent list so so hats off to Bobby and the Scouts for for finding him uh, once once he gets to once he gets to us, it's my job to make him better. but um, great job by the scouts to to find him and, and to get him listed and to get him signed and then to get him in here. Um, you know like like I said, I, I like his demeanor I, he It's similar to some guys that I've had in the past. His work ethic and practice is tremendous very competitive not the most talkative kid but uh, you know fiercely competitive loves to win hates to lose and uh, it, it's a good inner it's a good inner competition between him and Yorks I think and it's uh, you know we're in good shape this year and it definitely sets us up good for next year too having the same two guys back
1: I know in the group chat, uh, Corey was mentioned, maybe he mentioned it on the podcast as well, like his first start against the Hitmen, for a guy to go down a quick, you know, one nothing, 2 nothing in that game and to hold his composure uh, while the rest of his teammates, you know, brought back the, the, the lead and got that victory for him, like kind of the composure of a young, young player is something that you don't rarely see, uh, especially here in the dub.
0: It, it was awfully impressive. It was, it was awfully impressive um the the start of that game is so funny because it was his first game in over a calendar year and his last game midget triple a so going from midget triple a a whole waiting a whole 365 days before you get your next one in the western hockey league the first shot of the game was like 10 seconds in and it hit him right between the eyes (laughs) it hit him right between the eyes crack and then so i'm like oh he's got the he's awake now he's got the first save under his belt So he makes a couple of saves, and then they score, and it's only 58 seconds into the game. But just from watching him and throughout the entire game, I never felt uh, worried. I never felt nervous. I I didn't have any of those feelings watching him. He looked totally fine, and and he played great that night. And, uh, you know, it took him a little bit to settle in there, get that first period under his belt. But as the game went on, he looked more and more comfortable, and I I didn't think he looked out of place at all. He definitely deserved the first star that night.
2: I don't want to... uh... You know, maybe spoil or ruin anything, but uh, but Colby and I just got a text from work uh, saying that uh, well, the Tigers aren't playing this weekend, Matt. In case oh, you didn't, really? know that, uh, I didn't know that, know <laughs> that you did or didn't. I did not. Okay, well, uh, apparently uh, breaking news here yeah, on the podcast. Got a text from from Rids that uh, the Tigers games are not happening this weekend. Um, really? Yeah, potentially potentially around a COVID test. We're recording this on Thursday, April eighth. They're supposed to play tomorrow. Uh, so who's to say for sure? Um, I haven't checked socials to see if anything's come out from the WHL the Tigers yet, but that's a thing. So we'll look at that in a second and kind of update it periodically as we uh, find more information because it literally just happened. Literally. But uh, but back to the goaltending situation for the Tigers, Matt. Uh, sorry to drop that bomb on you, by the <laughs> way, in case it was a bomb. Um, oh, the, th- the thing that surprises me the most about... Beckett Lankow at his age and like you had mentioned that he hasn't played in so dang long is that his positioning's always seems sound and that for whatever reason seems to be one of those things that most goaltenders when they first enter the WHL seem to kind of have a tough time with is, is positioning but his when he entered into the league I mean seemed to be pretty solid. Is that a fair assessment?
0: I think it is fair and I think a big part of that, Beckett's really smart he's a very smart kid, very intelligent uh, goalie so I think that definitely helps like he he's ahead of the play in his mind so I think that that translates to you know the positioning and everything else that, that surrounds that but, but I agree I, I like the level of or the degree of simplicity that he plays with I, I just feel good watching him watching him. I, I don't feel uh, like I'm watching uh, you know like maybe you would watching like a younger unproven guy like that but uh, no I, I have a lot of belief in him the team has a lot of belief in him and we're we're excited about the future for him here in the orange and black
3: and uh we'll jump to the third goalie on the roster not too many tigers fans know about him but uh the tigers just signed a third goaltender a few weeks ago called or named james vn um how did that come to be like i mean you know you talk goal, some of these uh, junior goalies haven't played in almost over a year so how did you come to the sign him and, and do you see any footage from his last years or you know, how was how he the guy that you guys chose to have a third goalie this year?
0: You know just another like I said earlier with the scouts just another good job by the scouts he was he he was listed by us last year and then you know we just kind of monitored monitored that season and then in the early part of this season he was playing triple-a in Saskatoon um, we definitely wanted to carry three goalies in the event that someone would get uh, hurt or sick so this just seemed like a natural you know, progression for him to uh, especially with no hockey going on in Saskatchewan in as far as minor hockey. So what better time, what better season to uh, to get him in and kind of get him accustomed to, to life in the Western hockey league.
1: One thing that I've uh, noticed from working Tigers broadcast with Bob Ridley and Scott Robin on the call as of recent games is Scott always mentions the positioning of Garam Bjorklund as well. Like we talked about the positioning with a young guy in uh, in Beckett, but Garen's positioning um, is obviously one of his strongest suits. And you know, in recent games, he's starting to make some flare saves with the glove, and uh, you know, kind of standing on his head in recent games as well. But the positioning as the foremost um, attribute of his profile—that's got to be really encouraging at this stage of his career as well for you.
0: For sure, I think that's one of the areas of his game that's that's probably come the farthest. Um, you know, it was one of the things that at the end of last season we talked about wanted to, you know, improve and, and address is just try to quiet the game down a little bit, try to limit uh, the stretching and the scrambling and the falling forward and back and just trying to, you know, you know create better angles uh, to the boards into the puck and, and try to make things a little bit simpler, uh, make life a little bit easier on ourselves. And I think that's one of the areas that, uh, you know, so far, uh he's done a good job of and, and like you you can see the confidence in him like you talked about the glove saves and everything like that. That that's him feeling good in there and that's a good sign for definitely for me and for the rest of the mm-hmm. team.
2: Garen Bjorkland has uh above I believe a nine fifteen save percentage and Beckett's right around nine twenty. Uh and, and I think that I saw that the Tigers have actually given up more shots than they've taken so far this year. And, and you kinda of mentioned right off the front that sometimes the structure may be a little scrambly at times in comparison to where you would typically be on on April the 8th, but is that almost helping both goaltenders when they're seeing consistent shots? Like, are they a guy that thrives?
0: I think so. I think it's a lot easier for goalies to stay in games when they're getting a lot of rubber, for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. So, for them, and it's not just just our team. I think when I watch the other games around the league, too, they're all the same. Like, the structure... Like I said earlier, he's just not with no training camp and, you know, the, the lack of a season, I guess. Um, I, I think that's totally normal. That's natural. That's what we're going to see. So, um, you know, we're going to see what the goalies are made of. And hopefully we can sustain our good play in the, in the second half of the shortened season.
3: What's the, uh, what's the relationship been like between those two and maybe even throw in James there with the three of them? Because I know you mentioned before that Beckett's a very, you know, he's very to himself maybe shy, you know, he, he just, he's, he's not very an outgoing personality. And, and, Garen is, he's very giggly when you get to know him, you know, he can, he can laugh a lot. Like what's the relationship been like with them and how are they making each other better day in and day out?
0: That's a good point. You just made the, the two goals. And that's why I love the position of Goy. Like they could not be two more different people in, in that way you just described Beckett being a little bit quieter and Garen, Garen being a little bit more outgoing, but, um, No, I think they get along really good. From what I've seen, their interactions are are good. They push each other. The competition is good. Um, You know, Garen's been a good teammate to Beckett. No different than Mads was to Bjork last year, too. So, um, you know, I think that's something that Bjork takes forward. And that's that's an awfully good culture if you can kind of build that in, uh, in your tandems in the years to come.
1: With their personality differences, does that <clears throat> excuse me? Does that also change how you you know teach them and, and show them ways to improve their game? Is there a different um, aspects of learning that you have to adjust with with both goaltenders in that way?
0: I think so. I don't think I don't think Bjork needs any more energy from me. I think I think <laughs> <he has enough. laughs> I think he has enough of that on his own. So. Um, for me it's for him me and him it's for me trying to just you know keep a cool tool and try to call him, try to make sure that he's he's level where I think you know Beckett might need a little bit more energy uh once in a while, but you know young guys there's there's growing pains with young guys too and and uh you know we have to be patient with the young guys and let them learn and like i've said a few times already it's the perfect year for young guys to come in young guys to learn and get their feet wet so um. To answer the question, yeah, it it does change a little bit how I interact with them.
2: Matt, if there was a target number for the amount of starts that would be split between Garen and Beckett throughout this season, uh, are you on track to hit that number? And if so, how did you kind of come together with the rest of the coaching staff to land on the split that you decided on?
0: Yeah, I think we're definitely on pace to to hit that number for sure. Um you know, similar to last year too, maybe a little bit different in the sense that uh, there's there's a lot less games, obviously, but um, we need to get Bjork's enough games to the to the point where he can settle into that new role of of being the starting guy. Like, he needs to have a starting goalie role. So we we're trying to find a number that, you know, that kind of accommodates that. And for Beckett, Beckett needs to play. Like, Beckett needs to get in there and play and, and gain some of these experiences that he's gained early on. So... Yeah, we're definitely on pace to uh, to hit both of those targets. I think so. We'll monitor it as we go forward, but yeah, definitely close. And it's the nice thing for Beckett too. Is um, there's no easy night, eh? Like you're playing Calgary, Red Deer, Lethbridge, Edmonton. Like there's there's no easy games for Beckett to get in, which which I like that too. Like when he gets in there, he's he's playing some good teams, some competitive teams. So it's this has been good for him.
3: I think you mentioned before that, you know, if you're looking ahead to next season, you're probably going to get the same duo again. And, and, you know, possibly there's been some 20-year-olds that have been drafted as a goalie that have come back as a 20-year-old. So, you know, you could be looking at a three-year tandem. Um, Does that change how you coach them, knowing that you can kind of set a plan over three years as opposed to, you know, maybe you get a goalie that's going to be gone in the next year. You kind of got to speed things up. Like, does that change the strategy with these two going forward?
0: A little bit, maybe. I think I, I'm definitely counting on having both guys back. So I guess just kind of seeing where we're at over these, these 24 games. And then from there, you know, we can kind of build a plan towards, you know, a more regular type type season, see some strengths, see some weaknesses. Uh, the advantage for George is that he was here last year. So we were able to make some of the changes with stuff that, uh, that we wanted to. And we've seen some good, good results from that. And, Doing the same for Beckett, seeing where he's at, and then and then once once this uh, 24 games is over here in the next month, kind of sitting down with him and developing an off season plan, and you know getting ready to go hopefully for real in the uh, in the
1: fall. As we see that all the divisions currently have started their abbreviated uh, WHL season this year, the, the goaltenders that have really stood out so far. I mean, you look in up north to Edmonton and and Koss is playing out of his mind. That team is. Obviously loaded, uh, unfortunately, for what should have been probably a title year that they're not going to be able to experience as of yet. We don't know if there's going to be a playoffs in this format. I mean, Dustin Wolf down there in Everett uh, is shutting guys out every single game. Is there any other goaltenders that you look at around the league and just really admire uh, the way they play and and their styles and whatnot?
0: Uh, Well, I'm happy that we don't see Wolf this year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No (laughs) doubt.
0: I, I really like him. I really like him. Um, you know, smaller guy, but you can see the the, the play rate, The hockey IQ is incredibly high. So um, I had never until last year I had never seen Wolf play live until they came here. Um, and then after that game, I, I was like pretty convinced. I was like, yeah, yeah he's he's for real. And then and then Kosta is the other one um, that I that I really really like. I think he's going to be a high NHL draft pick this year. I think he's so <clears throat> like what the NHL is looking for in goalies. Um, and, and trending that way. So uh, those those would be two guys that, you know, as, as a fan of the game, I, I really enjoy watching.
2: Matty, I'm curious because every kind of – or every team kind of has to deal with this a little bit. Uh, at every position, when you have players that get drafted to the NHL, there's a bit of a plan, I would assume, that comes down from that NHL team saying, here's kind of the things that we want to work on and things that we want to look at with this player and how we want them – to uh, ideally improve but at the same time you uh, for example with Garen you kind of have this plan of where you want him to go as well within what you see in front of you day in and day out while trying to match up that plan at the same time how difficult is that to kind of meld the two together
0: you know, it's easy. I've had some really good conversations with the Washington guys and, and we're all on the same page. We all see the same stuff in his game. Nice. So for that, so for that, it's, it's easy. There's no adjusting, I think, for either party. Um, so it, for, for me, that's nice. And, and they're good with giving me the freedom, too. They say that you're the one that's around them all the time, um, you have to do what you have to do. So um, having that kind of freedom, too, is, is definitely nice.
3: I guess on the flip side of that, um, you know, you look at the younger goalies in the Tigers organization that haven't made the team quite yet. You look at Zahara that was drafted last season, um, and there's a couple more that that are listed. Some American goalies. Have you had any conversation with them this season? On you know, I don't know if they're playing or not. You know, some things that they got to work on that you want to see coming into camp next season.
0: Yeah, definitely. Just trying to keep touch. It's been tough, eh? Right? Because guys haven't been playing, and it's it's been tough on on everybody. I think. But, you know, just trying to keep the line of communication open, seeing what they're up to, you know, getting a little bit of video from some of the work that they're doing, providing a little bit of feedback. And then, yeah, hopefully, like I said, hopefully in in the fall we we can have a real training camp and get these guys in and they can have a taste of what it's like to be Tigers.
1: Back to the uh, the Capitol guys for just a second. Um, how, how frequent are those conversations between you and the and the folks within the Capitals organization, even last year having Mads on the roster? How frequent were those conversations with the Senators, Brass?
0: They're not very frequent. They're not very frequent. Once in a while, it's good to keep in touch. If they see something, um, they, can, they can get a hold of me. And if I have questions there, they've all been really open to me, bouncing ideas off them. But the, the conversations aren't that frequent. They're busy with their guys, too, um, trying to trying to get through their shortened season. So um, I'm sure that those conversations will probably pick up again in the off season when, when, when everything settles down.
2: I think that was Corey's phone just popping off. I could be wrong in that. Was that Corey's phone? It wasn't mine. Yeah.
0: might have been mine, actually. Oh, that might have been oh. yours? I just heard a
2: phone <laughs> vibrate. I was like, holy hell. Breaking news. Are you getting texts blowing up your phone now, Maddie? Well, uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> well, feel free. You can like it's pretty casual. You can check if you need to. No, it's good. It's all good. Well, I, just, <laughs> I don't want to keep you from anything. You know, yeah. that's all. The staff that you have, uh, that you're a part of with the Minnesota Tigers, just seems to keep improving and, and getting better and deeper each and every year. And you kind of referenced the uh, the the scouting department earlier on in the episode here, but just how cohesive have things gotten going ever since Willie got back to the Tigers? Because it feels like. Uh, you can see the culture shift on the ice, and I think that starts from the top.
0: It definitely starts from the top. I think just as far as this short season goes and everything, I think a huge hats off has to go to the owners, yeah, um, and our owners Daryl and Brent for making this happen, um, you know it's a pretty big sacrifice by them, and the season wouldn't be happening without them and I think the owners collectively in the league have have done an amazing job at uh, at, at making this go so I, I think that's where it all starts for us. It starts at the top with the owners, and then obviously. You know, Willie coming back. I, I wasn't here before, Willie, really, so I don't know what things were like, but it's an upbeat environment. It's just a positive environment. And I think just, you know, adding to the staff with, with Doris coming in now, um, it, was, it was too bad to see Smitty go, great coach and, and great friend. But, uh, you know, Joe's been here for a long time and does an awesome job. So I think everybody, I think you can see all the pieces kind of coming together. And, you know, it's, it's good that we can have that, uh, that success of translating onto
3: the ice. Have you noticed a change in yourself at all in terms of maybe confidence with these guys between your first year here and this season? You know, obviously you came from Brooks and you had a lot of success there, but, you know, this is your first stint in the WHL in the first season um, and having Mads and uh, Bjorks there. Is this? Have you feeling more comfortable at all with these guys in, in your second season?
0: More comfortable for sure. That's definitely the word. More comfortable for sure. I think for a little bit of last year, maybe – different different and just a different environment for me. So um it be in the second year, knowing what to expect, uh definitely a little bit more comfortable. I've just tried to be myself throughout the whole thing. You know, I, I am what I am. So um no, definitely a little more comfortable and, and looking forward to building for years to come.
1: One of the guys that uh we I think we talked about it maybe in your first episode, Maddie. but uh over in Brooks, I mean Prince Prince Charlson was uh, one of your standouts with the Bandits, and uh, he's gone on to play some hockey down in Michigan State University. Uh, how, mu- how much do you keep in contact with him, and, and how's his career development been going so far?
0: <laughs> it's good. A couple times a month uh, we usually stay in touch, so always good to hear from him. Um, he had a really good really good freshman year down there. He didn't play, I don't think, for the first half of the year and I'm kinda going, geez guys, like if you would just put him in one, you would <laughs> you you would see you would see. You would see what I see. <laughs> and uh you know, he, he did get he did see some action. He played I think he had three starts. He was great in all of them. Um he played they either, they even went to him in the playoff game the one playoff game they did lose two to one in overtime but I think he had 48 saves 50 shots it was damn it was one nothing, I think until they were winning one nothing until five minutes left in the game and that's another one of those guys like that I've seen just so often so when I was watching that game um didn't feel nervous didn't feel anything I've, I've seen that before so I didn't think they were going to score on him I was I was surprised when they even got the one on him but uh, no, it, it's uh, great to see him progress and have success where he's at and always somebody that's good to keep in touch with and hear from.
2: Matt, I got two questions for you. One, where are you watching the games? And if it's at home, are you pacing like a hole out of your floorboards?
0: <laughs> no. At the home ga- the home games, I'm there. And I'm sitting at the top. Of- well, you're
2: not sitting. You're standing, I'm sure.
0: No, no, I'm sitting because I'm wow. confined to a tight space.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm sitting at the top of Section F, so Section F is, is to the left of the, the visiting goalie.
2: Okay, okay, uh, all right.
0: Road games, the road games, uh, the restrictions don't allow me to travel this year on the bus, so I'm watching the home games or the road games from home, uh, on the coach, on the, <laughs> watching
2: them on the TV. I'm giving you a hard time, but I, I know you're you just so passionate about the, the guys that you coach, and it, it's so darn infectious. I mean, I, I know every time that, you know, last year when there was home games, you and I would get to bullshit and just talk, and uh, I, I always wondered if you were going to, like, pace your way all the way down the stairs and back up or not. I just... <laughs> You know, I wasn't sure how things were going this year because it was just, you know, the COVID year. I didn't know what your restrictions were, so so I'm glad that you're uh, that you're in a nice, confined, safe space in <laughs> Section F or whatever the hell you <laughs> called it. <laughs>
0: yeah, <I'm not laughs> Section F, but uh, we had a pretty good record when you would come to visit me before the game. That's so true. Exactly what it was, but we had a darn good record
2: going on there. Hopefully, we can get back to that next season. I know, We're like next year, next year when fingers crossed, we get full tilted into it again. hundred uh, percent, we can we pick the uh, the record back up because I think we only lost two or three games when I was able to come have a chat with you after uh, spinning spotlights around like a fucking circus freak. <laughs> but uh, yeah. the second question I wanted to ask you, Matt, was when you look at the National Hockey League because you're a goaltender expert. I'm just going to switch gears for a second. When you look at the NHL, if you had to take one goaltender Game 7 today, who are you taking?
0: Good question. Let me think about that for two seconds. Okay, I'll, second. stall,
2: I'll stall and give you my answer if you want.
0: Hey, I, have the, I, have an, I have the answer.
2: Okay, it's probably the same as mine.
0: Jack Campbell.
2: No, no, oh,
0: what 10 and 0? He's 10 and 0?
2: <laughs> okay, you know what? That's fair. That's fair.
0: That lights out. He can't lose right now. Game seven, I want that guy.
2: <laughs> oh man, Andrew Hammond couldn't lose at one oh, point. Yeah, Where's he? Okay, the, who's your guy? The silence is everything, isn't it? Um, who's your,
0: who's your guy? Who's your horse?
2: Well, my guy, like out of the entire league right now, is probably Connor Hellebuck. Just considering what he's had to do in Winnipeg, with I mean the absolute shambles and turnstiles of defensemen that they've been playing behind for this entire season, and I mean a lot of last, last year two, too. But yeah. I mean Con- Connor Hellebuck's kind of my guy. I was just asking because I saw the debate that was going online, like who's the best goaltender, and like I was seeing UC Soros. <laughs> I saw. UC Soros. I do like UC Ooh. Soros, not that much. I saw <laughs> Philip Grubauer. I saw people still trying to tell me Carey Price, and I was like. Uh. Like, Carey's good, but, like, I don't know. I think Hellebuck's there. Brubauer's played good hockey. Yeah, he has.
0: Hellebuck would be a good choice, too.
2: Mm-hmm. I just feel like Colorado needs one more goaltender. Is that wrong?
0: No, I don't think that's wrong at all. I think I think they're one goalie away from being something pretty special.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm Where does Vasilevsky fall in this conversation? Yeah,
3: exactly. that's where I'm going with the defending champion. I don't think I would. Have
1: you, no. Bro, have you
3: seen his stats? Yeah, they're great. Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, he's a 931 save percentage. That's great. But, like, yeah, no. uh, I don't know. I, th- I feel like you put Connor Hellebuck in that spot, it's probably the same. And so then we're like, oh, I'll well, look at the stats. It's
1: like, okay. So you're saying if you put Vasilevsky on the Jets, what's, what's that record? What's that stat? It's, I think it's really similar. Yeah. I think Vasilevsky and Hellebuck are, are just so
2: close, but I would rather have Hellebuck, honestly. Okay,
0: I'm, and if you... I'm sticking with Jack Campbell with no luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you're out on Recency an island. Recency
3: bias, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but... Question of the pod: If you put Beckett Lankow on an NHL mm. team, you've got to be below two goals against average, right? Like, yeah, you know, well, we're he, talking he just Give him 80%. a Vesna now, right?
1: What in your in your simulation, Corey? Because you do a lot of uh, hockey sims uh, in the online world. Didn't you have him as like spearheading the world junior team in a few years' time?
3: Oh, Beckett Lankow? Yeah. Oh, yeah, one of those games, hat Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're playing, like, yeah. Hockey Simulator
3: 2019 or something. One yeah. of those, yeah. But I think they just take, like, if you're a prospect of, like, a 16- or 17-year-old in the dub, they're like, oh, my God, you're the best thing ever. Right. <laughs> just, they, they project you to be this amazing player. But, I mean, they're not far off on Beckett, I think. I think they're going to see some things.
2: It's 100%. 100% they are. Uh, Matt? Yep. What would you say is a safe ceiling for a projection next year for both Garen and Beckett?
0: In terms, of, in terms of what?
2: Well, not necessarily statistically, but just maybe what you when, – when you see their development and kind of how you look at how they are progressing each you know practice, you were referencing how both of them have just been coming along so well. Uh, like if you were to kind of put some kind of, I guess, target, for example, as to where you want them to get to for next year – What's, what's that in mind for you? Is it numbers?
1: Is it just how they look? How they feel? Improvement on a weakness of theirs right now?
0: Well, I think you always want to win as many games as you can. Um, I think,
2: That's
1: fair.
0: again, our, our luxury uh, is one that I don't know if a lot of teams have, having two really good guys that you can go to any given night. As far as goals, I think you know next year, I think a huge goal for Bjorks would be to play for a contract. would be to play for a contract, gone at 20, um, and then, you know, having Beckett come under him and be ready to take it over, that would be, That's in a, in a perfect world, that's how I would see it happening. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Going back to kind of a question Lance had a couple ago. Uh, what's life been like in this whole COVID situation? I mean, I think you're the first guy that we've kind of talked to that's been in the trenches of the hockey world. Um, I guess a little bit Kelly Rudy and a little bit, um, but... You know, what's life been like for you? What have been some of the bigger changes that that you guys have had to adapt to?
0: Um, I I don't know if I'll go into what the actual restrictions are, but it it does make the job difficult to do. You know, the restrictions, although necessary for the safety of players and staff, uh, they do prevent uh, somebody like me from doing some of the things that I would normally do throughout the year. So, you know, just trying to get creative with, with some of your ideas on how you get your message through to them. Um, you know, just somebody like me i'm not I'm not able to be around the the entire group as as I normally would be or would like to be, but uh but like I said, the safety of of the players and the staff is obviously first, and um you know, regardless what any of us think about this it's it, it it's about getting the kids on the ice and giving them some kind of season, so um I think everybody is is all on the same page with that.
2: Uh, Matt, can you confirm or deny that because of COVID restrictions, they have to put you on a laptop and wheel you out to the blue line? And then from there, they have automatic pucks that just shoot at the goaltender.
0: Wouldn't that be something?
2: I, I'm just saying it might be a thing.
0: <laughs> no, on the ice, you just, I'm, I'm, I'm on, when I'm on the ice, I'm just, I'm mapped up and have to be social distance yeah. from them. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I like where your head's at with that so, idea.
1: So no laptop on Zoom, hey? <laughs> Too bad. I think I've covered off everything that I wanted to ask. Is there anything that you boys wanted to touch on before we let Matty go? Matt, who's winning the Stanley Cup this year?
0: I don't even know who's good, guys. Like, I haven't even watched (laughs) a whole lot of hockey.
2: Well, then just pick a team. I mean, you pick Jack Campbell. He might win a Vesna this year.
0: Hang on. Let me go to NHL.com.
2: Okay. All right. In the meantime, I haven't heard more information yet about... uh, Nothing on uh, socials or anything? I haven't seen anything yet about the Tigers, but uh, I could have missing that somewhere. In any case, uh, hopefully everyone's safe and yeah. uh, heals up quickly because, I mean, that's just an absolute bummer, obviously, and health, like we've been mentioning, I mean, we joke about putting Matt on a Zoom call out in the middle of the fucking ice on the blue line, but it's a serious thing, and uh, obviously, the health and safety comes first, but uh, Matt, hopefully that stall job was good enough for you.
0: Yeah, I'm good. I'm ready. Shoot. Florida.
2: Love it. Yeah, love it. I love Florida. Yeah.
0: Ooh. Quenville. Joe Quenville. <laughs>
2: the only thing all is that right. they're just so banged up, man. And
0: drieger has been playing great in goal for them. Is he legit? I think so. Okay. Yeah, he's playing real good hockey for them. And you know better than I do. And
1: so is goalie Bob though, too. he mm-hmm. He's been coming around as of late.
0: Yep. Yep, that's my that's my horse Florida.
1: And their GM, uh, I think his name is Zito. Last name is Zito. Bill like, Zito. is that it? I think so. Um he is from all accounts a uh I think it's an agent. A, a home run hitter. So like with a trade deadline coming up next week, you're expecting Florida to make even more moves to make that team more competitive and kind of shore up some back end stuff and maybe add a depth forward here or there. And I mean, they got to fill the Ekblad hole uh, hole as well. Yeah, that would that's a tough they've one. Probably
0: got some money, and they have probably got some money that they can they can use too. So
1: exactly. Well, didn't they ship out Vinny
2: Hinostrosa? I think they opened up one million dollars. Oh, that's the big move. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, now they have the cap space. Hey. Now they can make it work. That's
0: what I mean. Yep. I think they've got the cap space.
2: Bill Zito. Professional sports agent, former attorney, yeah, ice hockey executive, and he's the GM of the Panthers. This guy does it all. Like if you if you get hurt in an accident, <laughs> you can call him.
3: They made a con- the Connolly trade today. I don't know. If they got some oh, they got Lucas's right. from Chicago, so
1: Chicago had to take like five guys to make that work, or what was the vice versa? Florida had to take five guys to make the Connolly trade. Florida
3: two I think yeah. And Chicago got a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You know, like a conditional seventh. What's a conditional seventh? Like, just give them the seventh. <laughs> a garbage can?
1: That's tough. Yeah, that's tough. Both. How do you
2: how do you put that in the negotiation? You're sitting there and you're on the phone with the other GM. You're like, listen. They're like, they tell you that they want your 7 you You're like, oh, man. Oh, no, I don't want to part with it. Like, can we, put a, can we just put
1: a condition on it? I think in the, uh, in the games that, like, I play some sim hockey games as well, they don't even offer you a chance to trade your seventh. Like, I think it was, like, no. fifth or sixth, and that's the last round you can go. <laughs> you can't even trade your seventh. What would compel you to put a condition on a seventh-round pick yeah,
2: unless protected. you're drafting a goaltender? Am I right, Matt?
0: Yeah, I would I would say that's accurate.
2: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> do you think... Last question for me, and then we can wrap it up. Will there ever be a time that we see like goalies go at the very top of the first round of draft again in the NHL level? Bro, you're a scare? Of. What do scare think? I want higher than a scare of, of course.
0: I think so. I think if... You know, if a team is, is in need and if that player is the best player, you know, at that point in the draft, I I, I don't see why not.
2: Okay. I mean, outside of Askarov, it's really only, like, he's he's like the, the only one in recent memory that's really even gone went remotely 15. high. I mean, Spencer Knight was,
1: what, a first as 10, well, right? I think 10.
0: Kasa, I could see Casa going in the first round or yeah. or somewhere in the or middle of the, like, to the top of the middle of the second. I think he's going to go somewhere in there.
1: Yeah, it'd be nice if... You're thinking, like, top five. Like, yeah, well, carry Price and like, Flurry. Yeah, something. back to like the
2: Carey P- Price and Flurry days. Yeah, where I mean Canada was cranking out top five goaltenders. and I mean now obviously been... top five goaltenders, Period is hard to come by. But yeah, I just I've wondered for the last little bit if there's ever going to have that time where it comes back.
0: I don't think you never say never. It's funny the game is like the game goes in cycles. So I'm sure I'm sure that will cycle back at some point.
1: Yeah. It's like the conversation around running backs in football. Mm-hmm. Those don't, they are not supposed to go in the top in the first round. And I mean, in recent years, I mean, Zeke went four to Cowboys, and right. there's been several running backs at least in the first round. So, uh, like like Matt saying, never say never. If a generational, if a yards a scar off times five comes along, they don't need them. I was I've been telling you they got Soros, yeah. and this year he's having a
2: great year. Yeah, but I, I, no one tells me about that. No, <laughs> no, it's all of a sudden Corey and Colby
1: forgot. <laughs>
3: Dude, I'd agree Nashville didn't need him. Yeah, I don't know. That was a questionable draft pick. He should have been drafted higher. That was a weird one, wasn't it? It was very weird. I
2: guess, I guess it is one of those things, though, like you just said, Corey. It's like he should have been drafted probably a little bit higher. So when a guy like that falls to you, you're just like, I guess we're taking him. That's the best person available.
1: And he's a right.
0: backwards catch goalie, too, isn't he? I think uh, so, yep, yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. He was always dropping his stick in the World Juniors. Oh, my God goes
0: yeah. backwards catch goalies. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you telling me were you were you telling the
2: story about was it a goalie in Brooks that caught the the opposite hand no I never
0: had one that caught the well there was one that should have caught the other way but he didn't. <laughs> right
2: <laughs> but they didn't have the gear wasn't he from foremost or something do I remember that right Houston Yes,
0: here at Houston.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. He was
0: supposed to be, he was supposed to be Southpaw, but they didn't have Southpaw gear in foremost, so he taught himself to play backward. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my.
2: <laughs> well, he turned out to be pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, not too bad. But yeah, those backward catch guys, I just can't do. I can't do it.
3: No, <laughs> no, no, no. That's tough. That's well, tough. Uh, Bantam Age goalies. Sorry to tell you, but you're not getting drafted by the guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I to tell you, um, oh, that's tough. While we're just shooting the shit, I kind of want to get. What's your opinion on Connor Bedard? I don't know as, as a goalie coach. <laughs> is that uh, are, are you glad you're not playing him this year? Probably
1: frightens you.
0: I think he's for real. In in the in just the, the little bit that I've seen, I, I think he's the real deal. I think he's you know one of those generational players. He's going to be he's going to be fun for he's going to be fun to watch if you're a fan and you know if if you're playing against him, he's somebody that you're going to have to keep pretty close tabs on.
2: Will or will not Cole Clayton win a Norris trophy at some point in his <laughs> hockey career?
0: The way he's scoring this year, he should.
2: But I here's the thing. I was I've been joking for like 2 years that Cole Clayton looks like a Norris candidate, but now Cowboy actually does this year. You he know, he's kind of making me eat it a little bit, but uh but he's a great dude, so I'm happy for him. And <laughs> <laughs> Same with Corson Oppo Uh actually Oh my god, yeah. It was <laughs> funny about Corson, so like when we were back doing the uh I don't even remember what my segment was called on TV, um Tiger Time Out or something no. like that. No, I yeah. can't remember what the hell it was. Behind the stripes, that was Behind it. the, Behind the stripes. Uh, we went with Corson to Cottonwood for and hitting on the driving Carlson simulator. Her, yeah. And then we had a closest to the pin contest and I beat him. Oh. And so Corson was like, Okay, well I'll get you a Tim's card or we'll go get go grab a coffee sometime and then, like, COVID hit a month or two after, and it never happened, and so it was funny, he got back into town, and he texted me, he's like, hey, just so you know, like, we still gotta go grab that coffee, like, wow. we'll, we'll try and do that sometime, I'm like, okay, and so then, <laughs> then he scored a hat-trick, I was like, just, I, maybe I should be buying you coffees, I don't know, <laughs> like, hat-trick first game out of the gate, I was like, well, maybe maybe I'll get you a double-double instead, hey. but uh, a lot of good dudes in that room, huh? Yeah, new kids,
0: and yeah, Hop-Hops is one that, that looks good, and and I mentioned the other the other few two Chiz Kemp and and Lucas look really good too. So we've we've got, you know, a lot of, a lot of good older guys for uh, to mentor those young guys that are coming up. Yeah, and
1: well, Chiz and I have the uh, cleaning company still. That's right. The card is actually just outside yeah, the we of still have our, the best our studio studios here. here at work. So that's like keepsake you're gonna have forever, man. Gonna have to let them know
2: that we got some
1: some work to do. <laughs> our windows are pretty damn dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, they are. They're bad.
3: They're pretty bad. Uh, Corey, anything you want to wrap up with? Do you have a Do you have any say in the Bantam drafts? Very much say, or is it, is that all scouting department? Doesn't we kind of
0: worked We kind of together. We worked together on it last year, so um, you know we all got out. We all watched games and then collaborated, and and you know ended up with a guy that we really liked. But uh, a, a little bit, I guess. But yeah, it's it's kind of a team effort between me and the scouts.
3: Yeah, cuz I guess everybody's talking about like the NHL draft and how these these NHL scouts have to watch video and they can't go see the games like dude, the real struggle is trying to do the Bantam draft. You have nothing on these kids. Like you have their like I guess their first year Bantam stats and, and like maybe a couple games like that. That's got to be tough. Anyway.
0: Yeah, the nice thing is that the Bantam draft for the O6s is isn't going to take place until December. So mm. um, yeah. we'll get we'll and we'll get some viewings on them, hopefully, when uh, things get back to normal in the fall and they start playing regularly.
2: Man, 06, that's tough to hear.
3: I can't even oh, believe that. that. Oh, fuck, that's pain. Lance, did you miss your when band?
0: First I start coaching, was, when I first started
3: coaching, the first
2: age group I had was 92s. 92s, Holy. yeah, that, that'll <laughs> that'll hurt a little bit, won't it?
0: Yeah, and now
2: we're now we're drafting no sixes. Man, that's pain. <laughs> that is pure pure pain. I was in grade six. Did I? Did, were you asking if I missed my 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 draft year?
3: Yeah, we got passed. Is
2: that are we at that age level now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like when, when my draft year came up, I sat on the computer and waited for my name to be called. But for some reason, all the late rounds, everyone just had a pass by their team name, and I didn't that. know what that meant. <laughs>
3: Dude, that is the most disrespectful thing as a 14-year-old. Like, I understand the reasoning from it, from a franchise, because you don't want to lock these kids up. Like, yeah, that's hard. Team, teams pass on you. For like you. So three hard. or
1: four rounds in a row, this is yeah. a hard pass. Yeah. Right? Like poor
2: Johnny Appleseed sitting there. He took the day off of school because he's thinking he's getting drafted, and he's sitting there just staring at the computer. Fucking come on,
1: pass. What do you mean? I'm right here.
2: Johnny's parents start calling teams like, Hello, my kid's here. Ready
1: to play? You can you can draft them <laughs> Did I did I ever tell you the the Curtis Volk draft story on the mm, pod? Do you guys know that one? No, I've not heard. So maybe I, I feel like I told this, but so Curtis Volk obviously got drafted by the Tigers. I don't can't remember what year this was. Maybe like 20, 2010. That was my draft year? So whenever that would have been. Same year. Uh, we both went to Crescent Heights High School, and we both took gym class together. Mm. And he was at school that day, but he was on his phone religiously, as one prospect is known to do. And he actually he sat out gym class because he was you know injury maintenance. He didn't want to hurt himself before getting drafted. And I just remember him like he was in the change room. Would we it, stop there for a second? Kay. Yeah, sitting out gym class because of injury maintenance. Yeah. when you're not drafted. <laughs> he was protecting his investment, I guess. All right, move on. Uh, but he he was um, he was in the dressing room, not the like the change room with mm. us, just just shooting the shit with his buddies. And, like, he he had, like, his Captain Morgan stance going. There was, like, a bench where people could sit down and change. So he would, like, and he's like a short guy to begin with. <laughs> but he would, like, get his Captain Morgan on, and he had his, his cell phone. It was a flip phone at the time, and he's probably waiting for a text or whatever. Yeah. And it's just the one thing I remember of him waiting to be drafted. He wasn't drafted yet, but he was – he had his, his flip phone in a Captain Morgan stance no in way. the Cousin Knights High School gym. Right. Change room. That's funny. So that's funny. Good kid too. Oh, a fantastic player too. Good dude, good dude,
2: Kurt Volk. Yeah, he uh, he was in what would have been my draft year, and I I think they accidentally picked him instead of me. I mean, I had Bantam House League stats out the yin yang. Yeah, so. yeah, okay. that was pretty impressive. Maddie, what team did you first coach?
0: Uh, the midget AAA team here.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. So Volk, he was
0: Ooh. on that
2: team, right? Oh, there you go. Yeah, because I was gonna say I'm pretty sure you you started around the time where like. All the guys that were actually good that I knew were, like, coming through there.
0: Right. Volk, Darren
2: Yeah, Yeah, Volk and Dietz for the two, obviously, oh, right? yeah,
1: Darren Dietz, big boy.
2: And then, I mean, obviously, Willie's kid was in there, too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Braden. Yeah.
2: Good times. You can he, reminisce about
0: that in a he, whole other He's episode. now coaching,
1: hey? Who? Braden. Yeah, he's running the Bantam Triples, I think. He's running the right? Triples now.
0: That's right. No, he coaches the Academy team. Academy oh. team. Was it Bantam Triples for a year? He did coach Bantam AAA for a year, yeah. Yeah, okay. You
2: that makes a lot more sense. Well look at that. I think we've we've landed on absolutely everything today. The circle of life is um, completed. I just want to, you know, be a scout or a coach now. That's all I want. <laughs> so let me know when the phone rings.
0: You know what they say? You know what they say, Lance? They say those who can't play coach, those who can't coach ref
2: Ref.
3: <laughs>
2: what about those
1: who can't skate? Where do they fall in this? <laughs> I seen you I seen you in your fastest skater. Oh yeah, that's Last true. Year. That's true. Well, I it was also
2: Jevney, did that Right? Was, oh, was that Jevney? Uh, no, that was, yeah, that was Jevney at Halloween. Okay. Or,
1: no, because Hammond was how. Hall- oh no.
2: Yeah. it Was. I, no, I, no, I, I remember bread. we did a behind the stripes. Uh, we were reminiscing, going way longer than we planned. Sorry. Um, man. I I was doing a behind the stripes. Someone was hurt at the time, and I can't remember who it was. It was Fuck. But I remember I was doing drills with, uh, Ryan Smith, <laughs> and Smitty was calling me like the most arrogant piece of shit. <laughs> Considering I was like catching passes in my, like trying to pick them up through my skates. And I just, <laughs> the B roll and the, the stuff that didn't make the cut on that was incredible. <laughs> but we did like, we also did some kind of race. I raced Prezuzo. That's who it was. And Perzuzo. he cheated. Yeah. That was it. Cause we were gonna go around the nets and he like cut oh. at the dots. And I was like, homie, like,
1: you don't need that. You don't need the extra, you know, couple feet. He does not, no, absolutely Alright, we'll let Maddie go Maddie, thanks so much for joining us Uh, Best of luck with the rest of the season Hopefully uh, the team is safe after this recent announcement And uh, you guys can get to playing back on the ice as soon as possible Thanks so much for joining us, man Thanks for having me, always a pleasure to chat with you guys For Lance Dahl, Corey Bakaskis and Mr. Matt Wong. Colby McKee signing off. We'll talk to you next time.
3: Thanks for listening to On The Board. Subscribe
1: now on your favorite podcast platform and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast.
3: Yes! Yes!